Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Appendix B, Retreat Notes, 1959, continued. Thirteenth day, under the protection of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, cause of our joy. Aim, to put myself in the right dispositions for my final offering. Examination, am I ready to make this final offering with real love and complete surrender? Mother answers, yes. Take and receive, O Lord, my liberty. Take all my will, my mind, my memory, all things I have, and all I own are thine. Thine was the gift. To thee I all resign. Do thou direct and govern all and sway. Do what thou will, command, and I obey. Only thy grace, thy love on me bestow. Possessing these, all riches I forego. Mother writes, Amen. Readings. Imitation of Christ, Book 3, Chapter 10. Reflection. Let me have full confidence in the Sacred Heart of Jesus, in the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the cause of our joy. Say with fervor the following prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, have pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why is it fitting that this book ends with a missing page? Why is it fitting that these appendix notes from this retreat do not include, because it was missing from the notes that were saved, this final prayer on this last day of the retreat? Well, it's fitting because the work of Mother Teresa and the spirituality of Mother Teresa are not supposed to end with her. The work is not complete. And haven't we seen over and over again in her life that Mother Teresa felt at home when she was with the poor, but also when she was with her own sisters? Mother Teresa was so glad, so happy to be with those sisters, the sisters that God had given her, the sisters who were to understand what our Lord had asked of her 
had appropriated to themselves and were living out this desire to quench the thirst of Christ. And let us remember that Mother Teresa had not used her own inspiration or the things that happened to her to promote the work. She thought the work should stand on its own. She thought the work should speak for itself. And once the work got going and other sisters saw what mother was doing, living with the poorest of the poor, being an Indian sister for the poor of India and the slums of India, and they joined her, Mother Teresa thought that all the things that happened to her could pass away. They weren't that important. Once especially the Pope had approved these constitutions. Once again, there was no real need, she thought, for all the details about her life. But in a way, mother didn't quite understand, or it's hard to say that, but thank goodness that she didn't get her way. Because the work of Mother Teresa and the work of her sisters is in some way a participation in mother's own vocation. And there is a way in which the grace that was given to her as foundress was meant to be shared with other sisters. And the grace that's given to them does in some ways pass through Mother Teresa. And so the details of her life, the way in which she received this call, the way in which this call progressed in her life, this is relevant for those who are following Mother, who are carrying on her work. Because the grace that they received in their vocation did not just come in a vacuum. It didn't just come in the abstract. No, all of this grace, all of this vocation to live the poorest of the poor, to live with the poorest of the poor, in the unique way that mother was called to do, this happened to a particular woman in a particular place, and it showed itself in her life in very particular ways. And so the interest and the help and the light that her life sheds on those who are following her call in one way or another is immense. And it's an encouragement to us. And so it's fitting that these notes and this book end with a missing page so that we who feel desirous of living like mother lived, we who are inspired by mother can understand that we have to contribute to this work. We have to pick up our cross and follow the Lord too. The work that mother started must have people who see the value in it. That's why she was so happy when people joined her. She knew she couldn't do it all by herself. She knew that this work was immense. And the thirst of Jesus in the poor was not going away. But again, that work cannot go on unless people decide that they too want to do it. And we don't have to become missionaries of charity to carry on the work of Mother Teresa. We have to be desirous of quenching the thirst of Christ in the poor, not just the physical poor, not just the material poor, even in the spiritual poor. 
Christ, by his incarnation, which we are celebrating in Christmas, which we are preparing for in Advent, Christ, by his incarnation, united himself in a mysterious way to every human person. He joined every human person to his divine person in the mystery of the incarnation. He became man for all of us. And therefore, the thirst for love in every single human being, the thirst for truth, the thirst for beauty, that's the thirst of Christ, which Mother Teresa shows us how it can be quenched. And the longing that was in Mother Teresa to bring Christ to others, the longing to bring others to Christ, the longing that she had that every single person would know Christ and be happy in that friendship with Christ, that's above all the grace we want to have, too. Mother, share some of that with us now. You said you're going to spend your heaven in darkness. You said you were going to spend your heaven away from heaven, living on earth, helping us on earth. Well, help us now. Help us now as we enter into Advent to long to burn for love of Jesus like you did. Help us burn with that same fiery love that zeal for souls that you had, which was fundamentally a love for Jesus and all those who Jesus died for. But it starts with you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, pour into our hearts what you poured into Mother's heart. Hear her prayers for us. And finally, it's very fitting, isn't it, that on these final retreat notes, Mother only wrote two words. She wrote yes, and she said amen. Yes and amen. The amen is the Hebrew word, so be it. I believe. The yes is in some ways another way of translating that. The yes is a way of translating Mary's fiat at the Annunciation. In recording just the word yes and recording the word amen, Mother Teresa was echoing what Mary said at the Annunciation. Fiat voluntas tua, Miki. Fiat Miki voluntas tua. Fiat voluntas tua, Miki. May your will be done to me. May your will be done in me. Yes, Lord. I say yes to your plan for my life. I say yes, Mary said. I say yes to being the mother of the Savior. I say yes to his plan, to my place in that plan. And that's what Mother Teresa kept saying. From the time she made her private vow to refuse Jesus nothing, this was her constant word. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever Jesus asked her, she said yes. And whatever he allowed to happen, she would say amen. In some way, yes points to the active part, doing what he asked. And the amen, in some ways, is the passive part, accepting what he allows to happen. And Mother Teresa refused him, tried to refuse him nothing. Because she had in herself the heart of Mary, the immaculate heart of Mary. And that's the shortcut. That is the way to Jesus. 
because she is the way of Jesus to us. He entered the world through her. He came to us through her. And he wants us to return to him through her. He wants us to share in her faith. She is the model of all faith. And that faith is the saying yes to God's plan, saying yes to the part God wants us to play in his plan. And we don't always see immediately what that part is. We don't know all the ramifications. But we say yes, because we know that he is infinitely powerful. We know that he is infinitely lovable and that all things work for the good of those who love God. And as we finish this part of the book on December the 3rd, the Feast of Francis Xavier, we remember that Francis Xavier first brought the gospel to Asia. He brought the gospel to India after so many years of the gospel not having been proclaimed there. He brought the gospel to the country that Mother Teresa wanted to be a missionary in, the country to which Mother Teresa gave her life. And when Francis Xavier was going to India, he wrote a letter to St. Ignatius saying, what gives me great confidence is that I have no talent for this mission. He had no ability at languages. He knew nothing of the culture. He was a substitute for someone else who was supposed to go. He said, yes. He said, amen. And that prayer that Mother Teresa recited on his day 13, that's a prayer that's taken from the writings of St. Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits. We want on this day, beginning of Advent, on the Feast of Francis Xavier, as we finish this book, to beg for the grace to be missionaries, to beg for the grace to bring Christ to others, to beg for the grace to fall in love with him, and from that love that we have for him, we will overflow. We will bring others into that love. That we will burn with a desire that other people will know the one that we've met. The Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.